Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Good Ideas Podcast. I'm Bree here with Eleni. Hi, and welcome to another episode where we talk about interior design and try to entertain you guys at the same time. So we got some guests coming on today. Very excited. <laughs> Very exciting guests. Yes. Have some really cool work that you're going to have to listen to hear about and follow along on our Instagram if you want to see more. It's yeah. just a little preface. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. This has been a long time coming. So Yes. Um, so how are you, Brie? I'm good. I am... I feel refreshed. I feel like life's been going pretty good the last week. Good. (laughs) Um, So I'm good. What about you? Pretty good. I feel like it hasn't been too long, so still good. (laughs) Still good. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I guess I can share a good idea. I'm currently in Greenville with my parents it was both of their birthdays and it's going to be my brother's birthday coming up so we're doing a trip well I guess quadruple birthday celebration because it was also Dylan's birthday so that's so fun (laughs) so I went and picked up two cakes one says happy birthday mom and dad and one says happy birthday Dylan and George (laughs) oh my god but to be fair the cakes are only six inches so they're pretty small I was like okay everybody gets their own cake (laughs) oh that's nice of you yeah but what about you you got a good idea um my good idea is I forgot to share this last in our last episode but I went to a concert like two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun Who'd you see? uh, Cobra Man. Oh, no way. Yeah. So it was really fun. I know. And we played like all their music at our wedding. So it was like flashbacks to that. And it was fun. So that's what I love concerts. I feel like it's like a great soul cleansing (laughs) experience. It really is. And it made me like excited about summer. And it felt, you know, it felt like I was doing summer stuff. So yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. That's my good idea. Do you have a not so good idea? Yes. <laughs> Just today, actually, um, we didn't know if we were going to drive down to Greenville either before or after this podcast, and we we're like, let's just go now because otherwise we won't get there till five. And so mm-hmm. we like rushed out the door. Um, and we had a dog sitter planned and they canceled on us like an hour before we left. And we were like, oh, no. So we had to like pack all the, pack the dogs. <laughs> and I forgot to potty. And I have a very weak bladder. I don't know why. I just do. I always have. And we we're trying to rush to get here. So I was like, it's fine. Like, just keep going. Don't stop. And we had 30 minutes left. And I was like, oh, wait, no, this isn't good. Oh, I was no. like, I feel sick. Like, because I'm pretty sure like it goes to like your kidneys. Like you have to you know, let it out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dylan, please, like, please, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the side of the road. And Dylan was like, just hold it a little longer. I was like, no, I'm feeling lightheaded. <laughs> I feel sick. Like, this is bad. He was like, okay. And so we 
pull over. We found a gas station and I was waddling to the restroom. Like I couldn't even walk. Like I literally oh, bent God. over and I'm wearing these like tight jeans too. So it's pressing <laughs> on my, yeah, um, my bladder. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into details of, you know, the actual process, but then as soon as I walked out of the bathroom, my hearing like goes out and I like couldn't hear anything around me. And like, I started like seeing like black and white dots and I was literally like, I had to hold on to the stand. I almost passed out. And I was like, (laughs) what? That doesn't sound normal. No, that's how bad I had to go. Like, I think I almost died. (laughs) Sounds like it. I feel like that I've held it in for a long time before. And I mean, it was really painful like that, but I've never felt like dizzy and almost passed out like that that is not healthy Lenny. <laughs> no it was really scary um but then 10 minutes passed and I felt normal again I think it was just like the that's good pressure yeah, <laughs> yeah. You must have really had to go I did. when I say I have to go like I have to go oh god <laughs> I can't imagine what's gonna happen when I'm pregnant I'm just gonna have to literally carry around like a toddler potty thing. <laughs> you're gonna be wearing diapers like <laughs> I really will like road trips I'm literally gonna be wearing diapers and then just change them whenever we stop <laughs> oh my god that's so funny. I can just imagine you being like, oh, I just peed my diaper. Uh, the thing is, though, I wouldn't be able to tell Dylan because I don't think he'd look at me the same way if he knew I was wearing a diaper. He's going to be like, yeah. are you wearing a pad? You're not on your period. And be like, oh, you still bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, do you have a not so good idea? Yeah, my not so good idea is I've been slacking on reading. Oh, um, I have not been like reading anything lately, which is Uh-oh. so bad. Like I, I for some reason I feel like when I'm reading, my brain's more stimulated. Like yeah, for work and like in any circumstance, I feel like my brain just works a little better. And I haven't been reading, and I can tell that I got to get back into it. So. This morning I started a new book and I'm excited about it. It's a thriller. It's just That's another good. Thriller. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, it's called uh, a flicker in the dark. Mm. What's and it about? It was on. It was on some like good reading lists, and it's about. Um, it's like a murder mystery type of like a whodunit type of book. <laughs> whodunit. I heard. I heard about it on another podcast. Um, so then I was like okay I'll try it because I haven't been able to find anything so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I I need to just read in general so <laughs> <laughs> I'll start reading and then I'll finish a book and I'm like okay I'm good then then it takes me a while again to start another book yeah it always takes a while to like get into a new one mm-hmm. and I was reading the last one I read is called Her Body and Other Parties, I think. Mm. Um, and it's like a bunch of short stories, like thrillers. And the last one really messed me up, like psychological. <laughs> like I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, this is- I've never read a book this scary. <laughs> oh, my God. But OK, <laughs> basically, it just like tells all these stories that like women 
go through and like it's a new character every time they say it from like their perspective and the last one I was like <laughs> what <laughs> I, oh I was freaking out and I was like I'm done reading for a while that gets into my head too much <laughs> it does I had nightmares last night from like, reading well I didn't read yet but I'm just like it's probably from like reading even just the summary of the book like getting those thoughts in my head yeah I'm getting nightmares of monkey fox. (laughs) God, you're scaring me with that. All this monkey talk. (laughs) I mean, the likelihood of us getting it is very slim, but still, I'm like, "Mm." just because I I don't know if you can see, I got a pimple this morning (laughs) and I was like, (gasps) I didn't even see it. (laughs) I didn't see the shadow. You're scared. Yeah, I was so scared. I woke up. I was like, Dylan, he was like, stop, <laughs> stop. Crazy. I think like since COVID, I've turned into a hypochondriac. Yeah, me too. A little bit. Like every little thing that goes wrong with my body. I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dead. It's over. <laughs> well, monkeypox is like not that big here yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's more so like in the big cities i feel like like new york is pretty bad san francisco is pretty bad Hmm. i think also like if you're riding the subway think about it you're around so many people and like probably brush past a lot of people in crowded cities (laughs) oh gosh yeah that's true well anyways (laughs) well go to new york in the winter time and wear a sweater so we'll be good yeah hopefully i'm sick of all these like diseases and viruses i just want to be healthy and happy like mm-hmm. <laughs> tired of the negativity nobody wants us to be happy i know but anyways well we're excited for our guests today and it's going to be a fun episode so follow us along on instagram and make sure you follow them at soft geometry Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you guys? So I'm Eleni. This is I'm Bree, wherever <laughs> she is. <laughs> Hi, you guys. I'm Uttara, and this is Flush. Awesome. Welcome. Yeah. I see you guys have been traveling all over the place. When did you get back? Uh, we actually got back um maybe like 10 days ago but our instagram we've just been doing later so that we are not like um while traveling doing instagram so we kind of took a break from posting things and then when we came back or like maybe just towards the end we started posting stuff so which is actually good because that's smart yeah (laughs) so full days there that was a good and you guys just got married right yeah, in January. Congratulations. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> I saw um, SCAD posted you guys were featured in Vogue. Yeah, that was weird. But it was, it was, <laughs> it was so weird to see SCAD posting it because we didn't know they were doing that. And then it was yesterday or day before or something. Yeah, and we just saw mm-hmm. our Instagram go ding, ding, ding. And, and we were like, huh. <laughs> why are they posting our wedding pictures i Wait, saw they that didn't ask you 
Yo, no, they didn't. I think they just took it off of the Vogue India page and then just posted it. We had no idea they were doing that. <laughs> oh, wow. That well, sounds- that's cool. <laughs> I know. It was, it was cool. It was cool because we had a bunch of scad alum reach out to us who are in san francisco and just kind of saying oh we didn't know you guys were here so we should meet up so that was that was cool that's that's awesome did you guys know that you were posted in vogue yeah yeah okay that's good (laughs) (laughs) that would have been something else if you had no idea and scad brought it to light and they're like um, yeah one of their writers reached out to us I think like after we dumped a bunch of wedding photos on Instagram and yeah, that's how that happened. But yeah, we knew, we knew that was happening. <laughs> okay. That's cool though. Yeah. That's really awesome to be featured in Vogue. I know it was pretty, pretty fun and very exciting for everybody in the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a huge honor. I bet. So how long have you guys been in San Francisco? Just um, how many months? Um, after March after so March. March yeah just did just three four months we were uh, we were close by we were in the South Bay mm. earlier and then um, we were mostly in India for last year with the wedding and everything and then when we came back we just moved up north to San Francisco which we've been wanting to do for a while so that's good yeah wow do you have your own place there the renting but yes okay. yeah <laughs> we don't own, uh, we don't own Francisco, but yeah we moved to a new like live workspace and so we now have our studio here um just setting up still we haven't really fully settled in but um we're kind of in full production mm-hmm. since coming back we yeah. have like back orders so it, the space functions that's <laughs> we, good Paused all the orders when we were away. We were away for five months in for India. for India, and yeah. then again, so everything was on pause, and now everything is just in boxes. <laughs> oh wow! Boy. Yeah, that sounds intense. <laughs> Are you ready to get back into it? Are you still like breathing a little bit, or no? We we fully back into it. We have like a bunch of orders that we needed to do, so. I think the whole of the last week and a half, we have just been making lamps because that's kind of the product that we are most behind on. So it's just been like lamps, lamps, lamps. <laughs> Man. We're, we're kind of catching up finally. Yeah. That's good. It's good to be busy though. I mean, in that sense, like good to make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, well, do you want to give us a little background on the start of soft geometry and what you guys do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think like it, I have to go to the story of like how we met because we met uh, 11 years ago when we were both 18 or 19 in college uh, in New Delhi. So I had just moved from the south of India where I was born. Uh, in Kochi to New Delhi for college. And um, we were both in the same program, which is product design, but in kind of very different circles. Um, I I was a very nerdy kid. I just kind of (laughs) went to college, did my work, came back and did my work. That was kind of my everyday routine. And then 
Polash kind of had this big gang of friends and they all worked together and all partied all the time and <laughs> always seemed to be having a, a fantastic time. <laughs> um, Not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like they, they used to work a lot, but I was never somebody who worked with other people. I was like kind of had social anxiety and, and wanted to just be in my kind of hostel room and, and work through. Um, and then one day he kind of just came up and asked me if I would write his paper for him. And I was like, no, I won't. I mean, <laughs> and it's just this weird thing where I was like, why is this guy just asking me to do something for him? And he, he said, trade. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he suggested that we do this trade-off where he would help me build something in the shop and then I could write his paper. And then I was like, okay, that's like interesting because I kind of did need help with that. Um, and we did that one assignment together where I told him I won't write his paper, that he would have to write it, but that I would help him. And we spent like a week in the library just, and I think that was probably the first time you spent a week in the library. Um, and that one week was just really fun. He like had me hang out with his group. And for the first time I was kind of doing work together and I was like okay this is actually fun and I wasn't so intimidated anymore by <clears throat> the fact that everybody was giving each other feedback and I realized that was just like a fun experience and I think it's fair to say you had some fun in the you know doing that paper and we it just became our thing that every single project after that in college we would do together um and it was fantastic like we it felt like we had found this partnership where we just really enjoyed working together um so even after we graduated we went on to like do different jobs in different parts of india and then we kind of um you know remotely started applying for grad school together and that's how we ended up at at scad um and wow. then <laughs> Yeah, and, and at, at SCAD, which was like this monumental thing for us to have that happen, um, you know, we were applying for scholarships and all of that. And then finally, when it got to a place where we thought we could make it work, um, we were like, okay, now that we're both here, we have to make the most of it. Because it was like, oh my gosh, it's so much money. It's, it's so much everything that we were like, he's doing, he was doing an MA in industrial. Mm -hmm. And I was doing in furniture and we were like, we have to do each other's courses. So it would be like two mm -hmm. courses for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems nuts that we actually yeah. like, that was the logic to it. But um, <laughs> we ended up doing like, I, I would read all of his course material and he would read all of mine. And we built every single project for both industrial and furniture together. Yeah. Wow. Wow teaching welding to me yeah <laughs> yeah the whole like she would do her whole class of welding with her professor and then come back and then on the weekends she would teach everything she has learned to me so that's how yeah and we later found out that we weren't actually supposed to like have people who are not in the welding class be in the <laughs> but we made it work and everybody thought he was just part of the class so the <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it was just like another almost two years at SCAD with the grad program where 
it was it was really like we used to do all of the work together and um we started kind of having the dream of like you know maybe we would have a studio together um and i think after that after we graduated we both got um jobs in the same company in the bay area and that's how we moved here mm-hmm. but and then right after so after we moved here we found one day we found this post from wanted design saying okay we are accepting entries for launchpad 2017 2018 2018 like we'll just go for it and see what happens. So when they posted this, we started our with our sketches, look back at what all photos and videos we have. We set up a whole website in like three hours and submitted this whole presentation. And yeah, yeah we it was, just waited for it. <laughs> it was the it was a call for entries for studios and we weren't a studio, but we were like, maybe we can make it look like we are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they were really asking for like entry level studios to have like two to three products or something as a submission and we kind of grouped together like a video that we had made in SCAD actually for my MA final and built a whole website around it and actually managed to submit it by 9 p.m. Um, and then we were like, okay, that's great. Like we had no expectation of getting in, but we were like, it's cool that we did that. You know, it was, it was cool that we tried. And then I think a month later, we heard that we got in. Oh my and, gosh. Wow. We were genuinely shocked. And, and, you know, when they sent us the email saying you're accepted to Launchpad, they were like, okay, please fill in your studio name. <laughs> and we were like, hmm, I don't have a studio name. <laughs> Um, so I, I remember like we sat down, we went back through our SCAD notebooks and found that we had described somewhere with like a bunch of sketches, we had described it in a corner as soft geometries. And we were like, okay, we're going to go with that. And, and that's how we started. And like, we somehow managed to, you know, find, you know, somebody to make those pieces for us, set up the show, um, did photo shoot in our kitchen yeah (laughs) it it just it just was like okay we have to make this work and then finally when we were at the show we were genuinely shocked that it went as well as it did we got our first order and then we had to figure out how to make that happen and that led to the next order um and I feel like we are still in that kind of cycle of like okay, something happens and then we take the next step forward and then the next thing happens and we just like figure it out as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. That's amazing. That's a, wow. Yeah, that is an incredible story that you don't hear very often. No, you really finessed it. Like that's what I'm learning now as we talk to more people is like, you just have to do it. There's no planning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that is something like, I give full credit to Polash for because it's not something that comes naturally to me because I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but his deal is always like, 
it doesn't matter. We have to try, you know? So if like, if we see an opportunity, we have to try and it's okay to not make it. Um, but it's been great practice to kind of have that mindset. Right. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So now what does your typical day look like? You know, you've gone through all this work, you've jumped through all these hurdles. Has your day slowed down at all? Do you have a rhythm? Is it still? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have tried so many times to have kind of like a, an everyday routine. And I think we have Successfully. failed. <laughs> successfully failed (laughs) yeah I I don't know I think like maybe the way that we both work or at least the way that we are most creative is when we don't have a routine maybe Um, so what we do is essentially like discuss every day okay like these are the things that need to get done and then we just kind of attack that list Um, but there's usually not like different pockets of the day organized by time or anything Mm -hmm. Um, one one thing that we have like successfully done is we take this one hour lo- long walks mm-hmm. where we are just not thinking about anything but just discussing our thoughts, the problems that we have to figure out or <laughs> things that we need to do, and we kind of make this whole list of things to do and figure out for the next couple of days. I guess that's the most helpful thing yeah. or the most successful routinely thing. That <laughs> yeah, that we, I, I think like somebody asked us once, like, what is your most um, important design tool? And right now, at least it's the walk. It's like, it helps calm us down. It helps kind of like brainstorm through problems. And it's like, just the idea that we're not inside and walking outside is it's kind of, it, it helps kind of put things in place, I think. Um, so that, that's for sure a routine that, that we've managed to incorporate, but otherwise it is fairly fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like some days it's like, okay, we have a whole bunch of lamps to send or some other days it's just like on the computer, but um, having that kind of fluid structure has helped bring in like weird ideas. Like I feel like when we set into a routine often, it's like we don't have the right tools to bring in the new or weird or crazy ideas. Whereas when everything is like fluid, there's still space for weird new things to happen. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like most designers can relate to that where you really have to step away from your work in order to really process what's going on. You know, makes me want to ask you too, are there any difficulties or challenges you've faced with, you know, your partner being also your business partner? Because a lot of people, you know, want to start a business or, you know, are interested in designing with their partners, but are worried that they won't be able to balance work and life together. So do you have any tips or... (laughs) (laughs) so funny because our relationship really started around work mm-hmm. um, you know even 10 years ago 11 years ago we we were both seeing other people but we would always work together like that was our thing and even at SCAD I remember um, everybody assumed that we were together and we weren't we would just be like no we just <laughs> we are, we're really good friends and we like working together and it's like it, it's fairly recent that we 
kind of decided, you know what, like we have to stop ignoring that we're also like kind of, you know, kind of into each other and like we enjoy <laughs> being together. So like that's fairly new. So the work came first. And, um, you know, even after we came back to the U.S. Um, after the wedding, people have asked us like, so how are things different? Like, does it feel any different? And we're like, literally feels like we're just like picked up where we left off and we're making lamps again. Like that's, that's how it feels. Um, so I think we're, we're lucky in that we've not had to um, change or adjust too many things because we enjoy working together. So that's kind of where we bonded and, and found each other. And that continues to be like the most exciting part of our day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because we like what we are doing is mostly for fun. Like mm -hmm. we just make something for ourselves and just for fun for us. We don't think about it as business or we have to make like lots of money with it. Just what something for our home that yeah. we can see in somebody else's home. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. It seems like you guys have a different perspective than most people and you've started at your business from a totally different standpoint than I'd say most people do. Um, and I guess I would ask, how does your how do you design something? How do you come up with these creative ideas? I know you said you want it to be fun, but where, well, how does the magic happen? I think sometimes, so it's all, it also starts from our walks. Like during our walks, if somebody, like we have finished our whole day, we have discussed all the problems or <laughs> problem solving solution, then we ask what if, like what if and dash and then the other person fills in those blanks like what if we made something out of this and then the other person contributes so that's how things start so yeah and I think like we don't have a set calendar for you know releasing design we don't have rules for every year we need to come out with this it's often that like Pilar said it's often like a something that starts with a question of what if we do this and then one of us would make a sketch and then the other person would draw over that sketch. So for hours, sometimes we just do this exercise of sketching over each other. And that's honestly super fun. And, you know, like weird things come out of that. And at the end of the day, we might like look at all of the sketches and be like, okay, that's really interesting. And one rule that we have is that we both need to be equally excited by an idea. Um, so if like one of us really feeling something and the other person isn't like, it's on, it's on me to like sell it to him enough for him to want to try it out. Um, there's almost nothing that we do where it's like, oh, like Utra really likes that. And so she's going to mm -hmm. pursue that. Um, so there's a lot of dialogue that happens between us. And, and that's where I think all of the design ideas come, mm -hmm. come into being. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, if I have some idea, I have built it, made it, and, like, finally made the whole thing. But if it's not exciting to both of us, then it doesn't move forward. Like, yeah. we have so many failed ideas or things. So, sometimes it's a problem, because I feel like our pile of discarded ideas are, are much larger. <laughs> you can send them to us. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll take them off your hands. <laughs> but that's really cool. I feel like the what you just described is a perfect business partner relationship and an all, also like a perfect uh, intimate partner relationship. If everyone could communicate like that, I think there would be no divorce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's really cool. Where So you guys it sounds like you get inspired from one another and through your drawings, what drew you to, you know, kind of the softer textures, like the donut coffee table that looks delicious to eat, or, you know, even your other collections, um, some of which the side tables look like they could tip over. Like it's almost makes you like a little, not uncomfortable, but it's shocking. Like, how is that still standing? If it's, you know, have a half hard, she could tip over. Like, what is the inspiration behind that? Um, I think the biggest inspiration behind almost everything we do is, um, even though it doesn't look like it, is, is India and, and our backgrounds growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, our aim is like never to make Indian looking objects. Like that's never been our space, but we are kind of endlessly drawing from like stories or or just inferences from from the culture and even though we're both from india we're from really two ends of the country so oftentimes like he is narrating to me and i'm narrating to him and we draw a lot from that so for example the donut coffee table actually came out of a collaboration with an Indian factory who Pulash used to work with a really long time ago. And their kind of question to him was, we have all of this discarded wood, you know, that is the end pieces or boards that they cut off for their, you know, when they're making a dining table and such, and they just accumulate all of this um, wood that's just sitting on, on shelves. And so they, they asked him, if he could design like coasters or like trays Mm. or like little accessories that can kind of use up that material. And we took that up and we were like, okay, like we don't want to do something so small. And we, we thought of something that our, our parents would say all the time, which is, um, you know, you never throw away anything. Like if you're an Indian middle-class home, that is the golden rule. It's like, you do not waste anything. Like everything is reusable, everything is recyclable. So we wanted to like figure out a design for which it would use up the maximum amount of material. And we, once we kind of came to that idea, it was like, okay, what form can we use and in a way that all of these boards could be used and they're all different sizes. So we help them kind of categorize all of these sizes and then put it together on a grid and finally like CNC this form. And eventually when it came to the form, we go back to that idea of like, it has to be soft. And, and that came, you know, that goes all the way back to us describing our aesthetic to each other and arriving at that at the name soft geometry and being kind of committed to that idea of softness. Um, and that's how the form for the table came about. And we were we were so happy because it was like, we're using a material that's literally going to waste. It's being made in India. And, you know, so that's always like a point of pride for us when we're able to like make things in India. 
Um, and, and yeah, it came together and it was just like, it looks like such a simple product, but just the glue up on that thing is, is <laughs> <insane>. <laughs> so like, that's another thing where it's like the most simple products are often like so complex to put together and, and manufacture and make. So yeah, I, I would say that in, in really like subtle ways in India and just like the way we grew up and, and some of those principles and ideas keep finding ways to inform what we do. So where would you say that soft aspect comes from? Why is that your kind of focal point? Well, I, I think like in the beginning, it was not something that we kind of thought about in, in a very deep way in the sense that I think because for years we were designing together um, and we kind of tried to find each other's aesthetic and like meet in the middle, right? Like it was not something we were doing intentionally, but it happened automatically. Like we, were, we both had like bends in a lot of the pieces that we would design and, and things like that, like just subtle things. And at some point we described that as soft. Yeah, and then we we are also figuring out like how some objects can have its own personality. So we are just kind of exploring different materials, trying like weaving on the same chair, which is just upholstered in just fabric. So things like that have also described like that object's personalities and somehow we have connected it to ourselves. Yeah, so it's like, it's a really complex web, right? It's like, <laughs> we often describe each other as soft and we describe each other's like aesthetic as soft. And then we connected it to these other things where when we design, we often think of the objects as having a personality or of, of having like empathy and mm -hmm. almost being like a pet in some cases. Yeah. Um, and, and so all of those ideas, like, we somehow have kind of um, encapsulated all of that into this one word, which is soft. And, mm -hmm. and now it's a much more kind of deliberate um, thinking process when every time we design something, the only thing that is, is kind of um, an aspiration for the product is that it should be soft, that it should connect. Because um, otherwise, stylistically, we are open for our products and not look like each other or not connect visually as much, but we like it to have that connection to softness um, yeah, because it's, it's been inspiring in, in ways to, to make that connection between like us as the maker or designer, as the material, as the visual language and the philosophy and, and really condense all of that into this idea of softness. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. Good answer. Yeah, that's really great. And how do you, what materials do you kind of stick to or represent your style in softness? Yeah, I don't think we have a specific palette for materials. Like we started with metals, then we also incorporated fabric and yarn and cane and like transparent acrylic. So I'd say we don't have a specific palette of materials. I, yeah, yeah it, it's so that first collection where each product we were kind of um, exploring in different materials, that's a good like 
insight into how we design because often we start with the material and we're just fooling around with the material like the elio lamps are a good example of that where when we went into lockdown we needed a material that we could work with at home mm -hmm. and we just started playing with resin and that eventually led to the lamps even though there was no initial plan or idea for lamps um, so I think the spirit of it always is to like, let's find new materials and let's learn new ways mm -hmm. to manipulate them, or let's find, um, new ways of making or processes or crafts. Um, and it, it's a yeah, cool way to work because yeah. it expands on your knowledge and mm -hmm. skills and, and opens up new ways of thinking. Yeah, it's more like what we are surrounded with and what we can achieve with that and somehow things work out and we create those things so so what's next for you guys <laughs> have any big plans <laughs> uh, the first big plan is to clean our studio because we <laughs> a lot of i know mess. like i don't know if you can tell but we're like we're against a wall and there's a whole mess behind it <laughs> um, so yeah for sure um but okay yeah, on, we, a, on an actual design so note. yeah first thing would be to clean obviously <laughs> yes i meant <laughs> after <laughs> yeah so we are coming out with a collection of tables later this year um it's to uh, hopefully with a with a show in october it's too soon to tell the details of the show but hopefully that happens um so that's what we are working on and it's kind of a continuation of exploring resin um but it's a different kind of resin than what we use for the lamps um so yeah it's kind of a continuation of exploring that material Ooh. oh wow that's exciting very exciting <laughs> and uh very behind so i was scared <laughs> to make promises but yeah by the end of the year <laughs> we'll have some new tables <laughs> we believe in you yes <laughs> so do you guys ever find yourself um working with interior designers or um, other designers on collaborations you know we are always looking for this is where our idea came from we're interior designers and we're always looking for people like you guys who make such unique items and then we can kind of take you to the clients and show people that there's you know, people are making such unique things out there. So do you guys have any experience with interior designers? Not interior designers. Um, we've, I mean, we've worked with interior designers when they like reach out to us, we pitch and like, we've been lucky in having those connections and, and getting through. Yeah, but we have some, like some interior designer would approach, some. say, like we have to, we like your table, but with the current mood or aesthetic that they're presenting to the client, they just want like different colors or specific tones. So we have worked with some interior designers in that. Yeah, no. mostly just yeah. like on custom work, custom sizes or colors and, and stuff like that. Um, but we do have, we did collaborate with other just um, furniture and object designers um, a couple of years ago when COVID hit, um, when we kind of created a virtual gallery called Imagine for Uncertain Times. Um, we set up this website and, and we did that show with 
um, I wouldn't call them contemporaries because they were all people that we look up to and just, you know, followed on Instagram, but we were able to rally them and do that show. And it was awesome to collaborate with, um, with other people who were kind of in the same boat as us and um, going through the same situation with the pandemic. So yeah, that was a cool moment of collaboration. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's great to hear from people who fellow SCAD grads, so. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we got our bachelor's, but maybe one day we'll go back for master's. I can't imagine. Did you both do um, interiors at SCAD? Yes, we did. And then both of our husbands did architecture at SCAD, so then. Oh, that's so, oh my gosh. I love the architecture building is my favorite. That's so cool. That's it is. my major. We walked through there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to work in this building. I like this. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have listened to other episodes, but we typically ask you guys to share a not so good idea that either you've seen, you've had, witnessed experience, and then also a good idea. And it doesn't have to be design related. It can be just life. <laughs> I, I think like our biggest not so good idea that, not our not so good idea, but like something that we have always whined uh, about after moving to the US is that there's no metric system. <laughs> so I say that is a terrible idea because why would you divide everything by 12 when you can divide by 10? <laughs> it's, it's, it drives me nuts especially when we're working on machinery and like everything is in fractions we're like why would you choose fractions <laughs> <laughs> everything's hard here <laughs> just mm -hmm. hard. yeah so that's just um that's just something that like we will I don't know if people ever get used to. I think it's already modeled where we say something's in inches now and then the rest remaining everything in centimeters and it's all kind of confused. Um, so it's kind of a bad spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> work is mostly in centimeters and mm, but like when it goes on to a website, it just suddenly moves to inches and fractions. And <laughs> yeah. <all>. yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say that's a bad idea. I'm still hoping that someday everybody can just follow the metric. <laughs> <laughs> and so. maybe one day everyone just hits their head or maybe all the COVID <laughs> got to everybody's head and they forgot how we measured. And we're like, metric, remember? That's how we <laughs> measured. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one. Um, I, I think my current... Oh, I forgot to ask. Can we do more than one not so good idea? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> The other not so good was giving our products to a photographer. And then, yeah, that was not a good idea without <laughs> a brief. We just randomly thought, okay, we'll give our product for photo shoot to this photographer in exchange for photos. And it took like two years for the photographer to get back to us. <laughs> without photos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busy. Like uh, this product has been in the market for like two years. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, I think when we started, it was very like we. I mean, even now, I think we're inherently very trusting of people. So when this person reached out to us, they were like, you know, we'd love to shoot this lamp. Like we can do it as a trade. We were like, 
Amazing. Let's yeah. do it. And, and then funny <laughs> thing is the person reached out to, to us. us. I know. <laughs> anyway. Oh um, no. That's awful. <laughs> lesson learned. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can see there's still pain in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we never actually got photos from that. And we're still kind of confused as to like, um, what happened there? Like, did we just like give a lamp for free? Yeah, we did. But. Oh, and so they kept your lamp. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. You can oh have and in return you can give us some anyway anyway so good ideas without a brief <laughs> contract. or a contract <laughs> yeah you gotta have contracts now you can't really trust anybody these no days no way but isn't that so sad though because oh my gosh when we talk to people or like when we collaborate like we're not really thinking in terms of like contract and, and right. stuff like that so I mean, I, I want to be just trusting of people and, and just, you know, be able to participate and collaborate um, freely. But yeah, have to cover our bases. <laughs> oh, <Yep>. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> That's so me. I can't believe that. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> of whoever it was just sitting there enjoying their lamp and you guys are sitting there like so nice and patiently like, where are the pictures? Where's the photos? <laughs> asking each other, like, are we doing something wrong? Like, are we not asking the right thing? <laughs> What's happening? Did oh, you put no. their address? I would have literally just showed up to their house and been like, give it back. Fear <laughs> <laughs> um, of confrontation all over. <laughs> just be like, okay, enjoy the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh gosh do you have any good ideas <laughs> um let's see I think I, I kind of just spoke about this right where we were in such a like gloomy spot when COVID hit where we had three shows for that summer like right in, in 2020 and all three of it got canceled and it was going to be our first time in Milan and it, it, it was just like a sad place to be. And we were like, oh my gosh, we were going to show at New York Design Week and, and like a side show and also in Milan yeah, and all of it just- seen AD and Milan. Yeah, and all of, it, all of it just went down the drain. And um, just very early on, I think like eight, March or April, Polash just looked at me and said, what if we made our own show? And I like- immediately dismissed his idea it's like <laughs> that's dumb <laughs> he's like no we should just like curate from people we follow on instagram or, or people who you know whose work we really admire and then ask them if they would like to come together and put up this digital show and have somebody build this imaginary gallery and it can be as crazy it, as it can be because it's it's virtual, it's 3D. Um, and we remember thinking this is not a good idea because why would all of these designers who are all doing fabulous work, like why would they trust people who they don't know um, into doing <laughs> the show? But we, it was one of those things where, you know, like he says, where we have to try. So we wrote this long letter to like, you know, maybe 13 or 14 
studios and 11 of them replied saying they would love to. And it became this thing where we were talking to um, studios and they were in the Netherlands and in Paris and in uh, South Korea and everybody was going through something so similar. And we just could not believe that, that all of them were trusting enough to come together and do this. And we had Spot Studio from Barcelona. Um, from Barcelona who designed a gallery in the middle of the water. Um, and each designed a piece to go into that gallery. And then they made a video out of it. We made a website. We did interviews with each designer who participated. And it became like the first virtual show of the pandemic. And then of course, like later there were so many, um, but it became a real point of conversation. And suddenly we had editors and, and journalists like reaching out and, and talking to all of us. And, and we realized we had done it. Like what we would get out of participating in a trade show, we're hoping to like get in front of interior designers or architects and, and get press. And we had actually managed to do that just 11 independent studios together from nine different countries, all doing this remotely. And we did it in 30 days. So it was just, it, it was like what we thought was a stupid idea in the beginning turned out to be like a good one. So, and I think like that was the high point of our kind of lockdown experience. The yeah. fact that we were in general, we are not very social, I would say. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we're not, you know, we don't have like a huge group or um, go out of our way to like go to events. Um, so it's definitely some place that we are lacking in, but somehow in the pandemic, it made us do this very collaborative, very like um, group project that, that really brought us a lot of joy and, and success, really. So That's that was amazing. Yeah. That gave me goosebumps, that whole story. <laughs> that really, it's inspiring to all of our listeners and anyone out there who might have been feeling the same way you know just mm -hmm. believing in yourself and trying anything and everything like you guys do i think a lot of people can learn a lot from what you guys have shared with us today and also there's a lot of interior designers and architects listening and um we're just so grateful to have you guys on thank you thank you guys so where can everybody find you really quick if they want to reach out to you um, our Instagram is at soft.geometry. Um, so that's where almost everything is. Like we don't have multiple platforms, but and the website, which is softgeometry.com. Um, yeah, that's that's where you'll find us. That's and where everything the the show that we did was imagined for uncertain times.com. Okay. Yeah, still up. Okay. Everybody's still curious, but yeah, it's a couple of years old now. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was awesome meeting you guys and we'll have to have you on again. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for, for taking the time to talk to us.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.